Welcome to the BSJ Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. I am your host, the American Redneck Buckshot Jones. As always, these podcasts will be talking to independent professional wrestlers, promoters, and managers about their careers and independent professional wrestling in general. Sorry, no second time, no intro music. It's still acting up. Got a lot of technology. Uh, our guest today is the guy I met through the Cross. My time in uh, TWA, uh, probably the best professional wrestler or indie promoter in the state of Ohio and West Virginia. My guest, uh, TWA owner and promoter, Brad Litchfield. How you doing today, Brad? I'm doing fine, Buckshot. Thanks for the great introduction there. Uh, I wouldn't say the greatest, but I do try. Yeah, well, you know, I... I been to your shows as a fan and, you know, worked out one show for you, which I won't go there because that was a, a train wreck. Part of it's my <laughs> fault for going in the ring with my head where it was at its time, but. Uh, uh, so, we all have them nights, brother. Yeah, well, it didn't help none that I seen that the ex was blowing my phone up right, you know, right in the gorilla position, so. <laughs> Should have just what heck said and just turned my damn phone off. But anyway, <laughs> uh, how you been doing during this whole crazy 2020 year we've been having? Yeah, <laughs> I guess about as well as to be expected. You know, uh, just I don't know, I'm doing my thing. You know, just I wish we could get back to wrestling. That's for sure. Uh, you and me both. I'm, well, I think that's why I started doing these podcasts again. I took some time off, and you know, I got my head right now, and so mentally I'm all right. Uh, my new girlfriend, which is an old high school sweetheart, which she's a health nut. She's getting me better physically. Well, both ends of the spectrum, I'm getting better, and hopefully, hopefully by anybody, we can all start doing the thing again. Well, great. You know, that's I'm glad to hear that with you, man. Uh, yeah, I know you went through some issues here a while back, and and you know we we had you in our thoughts and prayers over that deal. And, but I'm glad you're finally seeing the up and up of things. Yeah, it, you know I'm getting you know the comments from guys I worked with at my shoot job, and you know they're glad to see me smiling again. They haven't seen me smile for a long time, and it's probably just a new girlfriend and other things. You know me getting back to where I need to be and. Physically and mentally, and so I, I think things going to be do a big turnaround now. Well, you know, uh, the big problem there is is girl. Don't tell my wife I said that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man, everybody needs somebody, you know. Yeah, this was the one that shouldn't have got away years and years ago, but everything came full circle, and we're at more right now, but. Anyway, as I stated at the top of the show, that you're the promoter of, uh, the owner of TWA Top Notch Wrestling. How, when, and how did that come about? Um, we ran our first show in January 2019 as, as Top Notch Wrestling Alliance. Um, I had run a, a promotion previously, uh, Tuck. 
uh, about a three year break uh, from it, and we just kind of fucking redid everything, uh, a whole new name, a whole new philosophy, uh, everything. And man, it's worked out really well. Um, you know, my wife, when, when I first started talking about running again and my wife was completely 100% against it, she's not a big wrestling fan to begin with. Um, because she's seen what I went through in my other production, uh, you know, she, she just didn't want me to do it. And, you know, after, well, you know how it is. You got, you, you know, you've been married before after begging and pleading, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, she let me buy a ring and, and, and we set up our first show January of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you guys had a lot of buildup for that, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's one thing I've always been real big on is, is, is hustling, you know, get out and, and I get out and beat the streets. I, you know, I hang the flyers. I don't have people hanging flyers. I do all that stuff myself. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I comp tickets to everybody that, you know, around here and, and things like that to give away and, and I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing I've always been really, really big on doing myself is marketing. Um, you know, not saying that others don't help, right? but, but you know, I'm, I'm always the one that's out there humping and you have to, you, you have to do that. You have to be willing to do that and make those sacrifices in order to get asses in the seat. I mean, that's just, that's what it amounts to. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about any other wrestler that steps into that ring, it's about the asses in the seat. Exactly. So how soon before, the, you know, that January show, did you start to market PWA? Oh, man. We started pulling things together probably right around the last part of September, first part of August in 2018. Uh, and when I say pulling things together, I'm talking, uh, you know, contacting wrestlers, um, you know, designing flyers, uh, just, you know, putting it out there on, on, on social media, you know, Hey, you know, expect this, it's, this is coming, you know, um, so we, we really didn't start marketing real heavy until uh, probably December, uh, just simply because, you know, it, it would be fresh in people's minds. Uh, you know, you, you can, when it comes to marketing, you can market way too early and you can wait way too late. You know, there's that sweet spot in between there that you hit, you know, two or three weeks before the show that you hit that it stays, you know, people see a flyer hanging in a store and they say, Oh man, you know, that's just in a couple of weeks. Let's go. Well, they'll remember that. But if they see a flyer in a store a month or two prior to the show, they're going to forget all about that unless yeah. they're in that store every day. Yeah. Especially when you get guys already, brother. 
Right. You know, and, and not only that, but I mean, just e- even young kids, you know, they'll, they'll see that and, and wrestling fans and stuff. And they'll say, you know, they'll, they'll say, man, I want to go. But when it's two months down the road, they forget about that wrestling show because something else will come up. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I've learned also when you're promoting a show like that, check for other events in the same area. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, that's killed us a couple times. Uh, just, just because of, of you know, we we normally run the first weekend of the month, um, every month, and and we've never changed that. Uh, and it's so, a couple of times, some other things, it's fallen on the first weekend of the month that's interfered with us um, big time. Uh, especially in the summer months, you know, I mean, there's so much going on with festivals and fairs and you name it, man. I mean, it's, it's really hard to promote a show in the summer months because there's so much other stuff going on between all that and vacations and, and you name it. I mean, it's just hard to get them to come. Um, that's usually, usually July and August. We really struggle with, with trying to pull a crowd. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. You know, I tried to help promote OWO years ago with Jesse Outlaw, and we ran into the same thing. And we was doing. And we had to schedule before do a show in Cambridge at the Armory. Same Saturday, <clears throat> Cambridge Bobcats hosted their first ever high school playoff football game. Ever. Oh boy! Yeah, I bet you had what five people <laughs> at that. Even that, you know. Six tops, and you know we still did yeah. what we had to. Do. But yeah, yeah, was- and it's just like I've always told my guys: whether there's, and I mean we've never we've never drawn under thirty, forty people, but you know it, it, it doesn't matter if there's five people, if there's five hundred people, you still go out there and and give your one hundred percent best show. Uh, you know, I've seen guys that go out there and they see 10 people in the crowd and they, they just half-ass everything. And, you know, they're just not into it because there's not a big crowd. That shouldn't matter. Those same five people say paid the same amount as if there would have been 200 people. Exactly. Like um, most of us that got into this business, we grew up wrestling fans first. Was there any uh, favorites that you had or any influences that that you like that make you want to get into the wrestling business? Uh, there was never really one that made me want to get into it. Uh, you know, of course, I did have my favorites. I grew up watching wrestling with my grandfather and my dad. and you know, My grandpa, he used to take me to uh, a lot of indie shows in the area when I was younger, way younger. But, uh, one of my favorites, one of my very m- most favorite wrestlers growing up when I was young was uh, um, Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. Jimmy Valiant. Um, you know, was, uh, <clears throat> I've, I've actually met the man and, and he's a super great guy. Uh, never in a, never as a promoter wrestler type thing. It was actually years ago. I was a teenager. I met him at a show. Um, as a fan, 
another another guy that I always enjoyed watching was uh, Mick Foley as Cactus Jack. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, there, there's, uh, you know, we're old, man. <laughs> We've watched a lot of them growing up, and it's hard to it's hard to pick a favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the company here, I, you know, then that's when WWF was taking off, and Hogan was hot. You know, just coming off the movie and beating the cheek, and well, my favorite, the same. Even though I like the NWA wrestling better. But the WWF guy I liked was Dr. D. David Schultz. Yeah. I remember old doctor. Um, you, I heard you mention the Sheik. I got a funny story to tell you about the Sheik. My grandpa took me to a, an independent show, um, and the Iron Sheik was wrestling at this show. I mean, this was years ago. I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old. Uh, the Iron Sheik was wrestling. And he was wrestling in Hacksaw. Jim Duggan was who he was wrestling. And Hacksaw was very, very young at this time. Uh, my grandpa hated the Iron Sheik with a passion. We were sitting ringside, owl seats. And when the Iron Sheik come down, he was jibbering, jabbering that Arabic stuff. Uh, you know, uh, my grandpa started yelling at him and they got in each other's face and they were yelling back and forth. And finally the iron sheet just went onto the ring and they was in there doing their thing. And, and, uh, so Hacksaw starts getting the best of the iron sheet. My grandpa takes his belt off and throws it up in the ring for Hacksaw to use on the iron sheet. Hmm. The iron sheet gets a hold of grandpa's belt and ends up, whooping hacksaw with it and and ends up winning the match you know and he gets out of the ring and he grabs grandpa's belt and he comes over and he throws it in grandpa's chest well my grandpa always chewed chewing the back and he spit the water chewing the back he had in his mouth out in his hand and smashed it in the iron sheik's face oh. yeah we kindly got escorted out of there and asked never to come back to another event, but <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> oh, oh, that would have been something to see, especially being seven years old and your granddad do something like that. Yeah, I was, I was sitting there like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. I mean, I, that's, that's one of my favorite moments I have, or, you know, with, with him going to these shows. I mean, most of the time, you know, you go to a show and you sit there and you, you know, root for the good guy and, and boo the bad guy. But but that's one of the, the memories that stand out in my mind because it was just it was just so much different than what we were usually doing, you know. Yeah. Wow. So how has this uh, pandemic affected TWA? I mean oh, dude, it sucks. We haven't ran since March. Um you know, I know some promotions are starting to run now. Uh, I know Ohio's letting, you know, promotions run. But the thing of it is, you know, and I've looked into it, and uh, with Ohio, they're saying that you can run with a 15% capacity of the building. Um, unfortunately, the building that we ran in Ohio has a 400 capacity. You can 15% of that is 60 people. Uh, 
it'd just be financial suicide. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't even cover the cost of the rent and, and the electric and the heat and, and things, you know, let alone pay the workers and stuff. And that's the only reason we're not running right now. Um, West Virginia, unfortunately, is a very, you know, very much smaller uh, crowd control. They're only allowing 25 people to a crowd. Um, so we're just kind of sitting back and playing it by ear, hoping that this shit will end very, 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 very soon. You know, uh, man, it's, it's, it's eating me up inside because we can't do nothing. And, you know, I, I love doing it. You know, I, I don't do this for, for the money. Uh, if I did, I, you know, I wouldn't be doing it period. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't go broke trying to do it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Being a position. Uh, now, if you know, I did, it'd just be it'd be financial suicide. You know, me, me having that itch and being where I need to be now. You know, mentally, almost physically. My girlfriend's working with me on that, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We know how she's working with you on that. <laughs> 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 A lot of cardio, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. So towards the end, you know, I mean, you seen where I was, and that was a mess. And I just want to get back there to improve. Like, I, you know, maybe do it one more year. You know, but I, I just want to get that one year in. And right. You know. How old are you, Buckshot? I just turned fifty-one last week. Fifty-one. Yes, sir. You're a little bit older than I am. I'm I'm 45. Um, you know, I, and I I've wrestled in, earlier in my career and stuff. I wrestled a little bit, and and uh, I give it up pretty early. I give it up at 40. Um, you know, I just to me it's. I mean, I had health issues. I could have probably continued to do so, but my wife was scared to death. I have high blood, extreme high blood pressure problems. Uh, my wife was afraid that I was going to get out there in the ring and have a stroke because of my high blood pressure. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the doctor I was seeing at the time. Um, she had come to one of our shows and she told my wife she needed to get me to quit. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I miss it. I'm, I miss being in there, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I'm not because I mean, I'm getting older and, and you know what it's like when you get older, you slow down, yeah. your, your body don't move like it used to. And, and to me, it's, I would rather stay out of the ring and, and swallow it down than for me to go in the ring and it looked like crap. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I know if I went in that ring right now, it'd look like crap. There, there's no doubt in my mind it'd look like crap. Um, but, you know, then again, I've seen guys that's, you know, I mean, 60, 70 years old, even older, still getting in that ring and doing it. Yeah, I mean, look, look at Ricky Morton. I mean, he's in his 60s, and he's pulling off a Canadian destroyer. Right, yeah. Of course, he's been doing it for all his life, so... But yeah, I just, you know, not only to prove to other people, but, you know, to prove to myself that, you know, 
got a little bit of a run left. Let me and my girlfriend talk and just maybe one more year and then this, you know, sit back, maybe just 10 shows and enjoy it. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, and the thing of it is, too, I mean, you have enough knowledge of the business that just because you step out of that ring doesn't mean you had to step away from wrestling. Right. You know, um, you have enough knowledge that, you know, you could, you could become a trainer or, or, you know, any kind of a part, uh, even a manager. I mean, you know, you know how to take bumps and, 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 and things, uh, you know, shoot, there you go, you know, become a manager, you know, at least you're still an active part of it. Yeah. I mean, I thought about that. Too, you know, and you know, right now I think I was going to do the tag team wrestling, and that way it ain't so much. We're tagging with the right. I'm more familiar with that I came in with Joe Black, which um, I mean, if I've talked to time, a couple times, you know, we decided you know we're going to just tag up and. Well, and that's another thing too, you know, that, that you can, uh, of course you, uh, obviously you've looked at, um, it's not as hard to run a tag team, you know, you start to get winded or, or something happens, you can, you can get tagged out yeah. and, and that's, that's the great thing about it. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, working with a guy I'm familiar with that I came in, <clears throat> got the experience. I'm not knocking Tommy Blaine from last year or, you know, Action Jackson and the whole debacle that happened about a year ago. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was a year ago, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's been about a year, yeah. Yeah, so, and, but, yeah, and I think I'll enjoy it more, tagging up with Joe. You know, I think we'll do good together. We Worked together before. We worked against each other, you know, <laughs> and that helps with that. You know, we know each other inside and out. Right. You know, and that 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 will help a lot is, is knowing each other, know how he's, how each other's reactions are going to be, how far each other can go. You know, I mean, and that helps a lot, and and not taking anything away from them other boys. You know. Um, Action Jackson, he keeps messaging me, hey, when you going to run again? When you going to run again? Uh, yeah. You tell me, brother, <laughs> when's this, when's this COVID-19 going to end? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, with the OAC saying you can, but then, you know, you got – that's going to be one of my questions about the OAC. Let me do shows, but then you got the local governments like sheriffs and mayors. Right, and I mean, there's there's a lot more to it than than just the capacity of the building. I mean, you you have to go to the health department and get okayed by them before you can run, and and then on top of that, you have to social distance, and and I mean, it's there's just it's just in my opinion, it's just not worth fooling with. Right, and even in the locker room, the guys got to wear masks too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, you know, just working the match and being winning, you got to go back and put on the mask. 
No, oh, dude, could you could you imagine, you know, going out there and working a 15, 20 minute match and and be blowed up and, and go to the back in the back in the locker room and then you gotta put a, put on a mask and try to breathe through that yeah. thing? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean especially if it was like summertime, like at that Rutland building. I mean that was that building get pretty warm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, there's no air that, and that's why a lot of the reason why we went ahead and started running in West Virginia. I mean, originally we were only going to run in Ohio. Um, you know, I talked to the people at New Haven. The last show that we ran was New Haven, West Virginia. And, um, you know, they were great about it and I'd talked to them. Uh, they'd had some problems before in there with a, another promotion. And for years they would not let me nowhere near that building. Um, because of this other promotion, uh, screwed it up for everybody, you know, and finally I talked to him and, 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 uh, found out I actually knew the people that were over it. And I said, look, you know, you guys know me, you know, I'm not going to mess anything up. I said, if it helps, I said, I'll, you know, I'll even put a $500 security deposit down, you know, in case something does get broken or whatever. And, and. You know, they told me, so said, nah, we that's not necessary. You know, we trust you, you know, and, and they let me in there. Um, they have air conditioning. Thank the good Lord. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've seen that. that Man, you had that place freaking packed. We had sold now this, and this isn't counting the staff and, 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 you know, like, the wrestlers, I let I let their wife and children see them for free and and stuff. Um, we had sold, actually sold, two hundred and fifty tickets, and we comped out another forty tickets. And as to my knowledge, about two thirds of the comp tickets came back through. So uh, we had right around three hundred people in that building total. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's. Amazing. I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, and- it's really, I mean, uh, you know, back in the day, it wasn't nothing to see that many people at a, at a, an independent show. Um, nowadays it's, that's kind of uh, like you said, wow. You know, you just don't see yeah. it anymore. You know, a big show nowadays, you know, if you go to a show and see 150 people, you're thinking, holy crap, there's a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in my opinion, you know, just because I like the old NWA Georgia Championship Wrestling back when I was young, I like the indie shows better. Oh, me too. Me too. I don't even watch WWE. No, I, don't. I don't watch. You know, I don't watch none of them guys. AEW, WWE. I don't. I don't watch none of them. NXT. Um, no, I did watch Hell in a Cell. The other night, but that's only because there's nothing else on TV, and I I come across it and thought, well, I'll watch this. Now, I'll watch a, <clears throat> and when I can't watch it, I got my DVR. But I don't watch WWE, and you know, I just don't fool with it no more. It's now I do not, you know, I, I I lied to you. I do watch a little bit of AEW every great once in a while. Um, I'm 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 a subscriber to Fight TV, and I watch a lot of independent wrestling on there. Um, small time independent wrestling like us, you know. Uh, yeah. 
I just get better enjoyment out of it. And, and I think the reason why that is, Buckshot, is when these guys get make it to the major leagues and they're making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I don't know what they get paid. I have no idea. I, I can care less. But when they're making that kind of money, they're no longer doing it because they love it. Exactly. They're doing it for the money. <clears throat> and it's, it, I look at wrestling just like I look at football or any professional sport. Um, you look at the difference between a professional football game and a high school football game. Those boys on that high school football game are going to go out there and they're going to give their all every time, no matter what. It could they could be down <clears throat> thirty points and they're still going to go out there and play their ass off, trying to make up that thirty points. Absolutely. You know, and and I look at independent wrestling the same way. You know, these guys that's out here that's trying to make it. They're going to wrestle their ass off, give 110% every time they get in that ring because they want someone to notice them. Absolutely. And as a promoter, I mean, I know you're KBW. That was before TWA, right? Right, yes. Between KBW and TWA, what were some of your favorite moments? Or some of your favorite matches, you know. Oh man, probably. I mean, I have a lot of favorites. Uh, one of my favorites is in KVW. We had a, uh, a matter of fact, I think it was probably the last show we ran in KVW. <clears throat> we had a. Uh, Fatal four-way for a hardcore title. Um, all day long, you know, of course, I mean, you've seen it. You've been there, you, you know, hustle, bustle, just everywhere, trying to get things ready and, and so on and so right. forth. I had a, uh, I had a windy sack full of thumbtacks rolled down sitting on my table. At the time, I was running sound and announcing and stuff. Um, nobody ever questioned it. That Fatal 4-Way hardcore match was the very last match of the night. <clears throat> when all the wrestlers got to the ring, I got up and I grabbed that sack. And, and the only person that knew about it was my son. My middle son used to wrestle. And he was in that match. And he was the only person that knew about those tags. And uh, I got up there, and uh, Vane Lewis was in it. Um, I hollered for Vane and motioned for him to come over. And I rushed him that sack. And he actually thought I was giving him a sandwich. <laughs> you know? And then he opened it up, and his eyes got great big, like, oh, my God. And they dumped him out in the middle of the ring. You know? Instantly, instantly, Vincent Cross bells out. <laughs> he says, I'm not getting in that shit. And I said, oh, yes, you are. And I picked him up and threw him back in. <laughs> of all people, Vincent Cross. Um, me and Vincent's had had a very interesting past um, as far as wrestling goes. Uh, just different things, different angles we've pulled. Uh, we have never, but we have never, ever, ever worked each other in a match. 
which is quite funny because I mean, in, in KVW, we we run an ongoing storyline for for years between me and him, but we never did work each other in a match. Um, oh, one of my other favorite moments, and and not sounding biased, but I just I just enjoy seeing my kids get into the involved in it and stuff. Uh, was actually not too long ago. Was, well, I think it was our Christmas show last year. Uh, David Day, he had done turned heel. Um, he come out and attacked my youngest son, Tanner. I think you've met Tanner. Tanner's a real tall yeah. boy, about six and a half foot tall. Um, <clears throat> come out and attacked Tanner, and Tanner got him in the middle of the ring, and, and which Tanner hasn't wrestled for years, got him in the middle of the ring and, and uh, done a lateral suplex on him. And, and then David's partner, Joe Wild come running out the back and Tanner sagged ass, of course. But that was one of my favorite moments. That was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lateral suplex. Like, like I was just in awe when he went up. It was, it was like David Davis in the middle of the air for like an hour. But, uh, um, man, we've had so many good times, uh, and that's what it's all about. Honestly, is we've, we've never, ever, not one time since I've started running, we've never made this be about a profession. It's always been about having fun. You know, if you're not having fun, then why yeah. do it? I mean, that's just why I look at it. Uh, man, we've, we've done some crazy off the wall shit over the years. Uh, it's, it's just hard to pull them up in my brain. I'm old. You know, <laughs> being in that TWA locker room, you know, showed up as a fan and, you know, went back and talked to the boys and Guile and, you know, and all the guys I know. And when I worked that show, I mean, it's just probably the best locker room I've been in, you know, with the atmosphere. Well, you know, my my whole philosophy with the locker room, and I've seen it, and you've seen it, and, and every one of us has seen it. Uh, we've been in locker rooms before. She could walk in there and cut the tension with a knife. Exactly. Um, and that's not good, man. That's not good at all. You know, uh, my first – if I catch wind of, of any kind of drama whatsoever, you're down the road. I won't put up with it. I don't care if it's between me and you or, or you and another worker. I won't, will not tolerate drama. Um, and I think that is, and, and I've always been like it. Even in KVW, I was like it. I just, you know, I tolerated it a little bit more in KVW, but I've done had it in my head by the, by the time we got around the TWA that, that, hey, no more. You, know, you want to start that shit, then just go down the road because I don't need it. And stuff like that's why I think you get a lot of respect from a lot of the boys and guys. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's if we can't get along, then how in the hell are you going to work a good match? Exactly. I mean, and, and I heard your you know podcast with Denise, and you did that, and they talk about. You know, the IWA situation and that not, and that got bad. That's why I bailed on from there. Man, you know, I, I don't know a lot about IWA and 
I mean, I have my thoughts on the whole situation, but I mean that that was yeah. bad. I mean, that was very bad. Room, like you said, the detention with the night yeah, that was a locker room at the time, and you know, Gal had enough. I had I rem- enough. Went across, and we all just you know bailed. I remember the first show I went to, to an IWA show. Bull Miller was still alive. Uh, they were running somewhere up around Columbus at a, at a uh, uh, I believe it was a Moose Lodge. That's where they were running. But uh, Gal Castle invited me up. And, and well, and Joker Wild was wrestling for him at the time, too. They, they invited me up. I didn't get to go in the locker room that night. Uh but you could, you could tell there was a com- camaraderie between between the wrestlers, you know. It wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, it was like that when I first. And then, sorry. And then Gal Castle invited me to one of the shows when you guys were running out chill coffee, and uh, you know he took me back into the locker room to, to introduce me to Caleb and, and Brenda and all them people. Man, I walked in that locker room and it's like, good Lord. I mean, people was looking at me like, who the fuck do you think you are? You know? And I wasn't even working. I was just there as a fan, you know, just, and I mean, that's not the only locker room I've ever been in like that either. But dude, we, we got to get along. We got to respect each other and we got to know each other just, a little bit in order to make things click and and you can't you can't go in a locker room and and you know you you sit clear across on the other side from your opponent and not say a word to him you can't do it. but you know i mean i've heard stories with the whole iwa thing and like i said i wasn't there i mean i've went to a few of their shows and and so on and so forth and and i have my opinions about their shows and and I'll just kind of keep that to myself. But, you know, you could see when they would come out that, man, there was, there was people that was stabbing people in the back. And, and I mean, you could see yeah. that. When I first got there, it wasn't like that. I mean, me being a new guy, usually when you're the new guy, you know, people are like, like who the hell is this guy? But I walked in, Joshua Charles, uh, Lennox Norris. My first met Vince across and all them guys stood up, you know, welcomed me to IWA, introduced themselves, and they shook my hand. And, you know, like me and Joshua Charles and, and me and Vince across, we hit it off right off the bat, you know. Became good friends. Right. And then towards the end, it was just miserable to be. I don't know. We're back. I don't think the first time I ever went to one of their shows, I don't know if, I don't think Joshua was wrestling for him. Um, he may have been, I just don't remember. Uh, Lennox Norris was wrestling for him. Lennox is a super hell of a nice guy. Uh, I really, really like that guy. Joshua was a super hell of a nice guy. Um, yeah. Uh, and you know, I'd, I'd love to have them by. We've had, they wrestled for us a few times. Well, Lennox has wrestled once. Joshua's wrestled a few times for us. I'd love to have them back. Um, 
you know, they, they were very professional. They, they knew what they were doing and, you know, that's the way it should yeah. be, you know, um, the thing that, that got me the most with, with the, the old IWA is man, there was a lot of guys in there that wasn't trained. Yeah. And I, um, one is when Venice wrestled there and, you know, and that, and we just talked before I even met him, you know, cause I seen his work and I liked his work and, you know, sending him friend requests. We start talking and I warned him and that's when he ended up hurting his shoulder with, um, Patriot sniper. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't know none of them guys. I, I really don't. You know, I mean, I, I know you, and I know, you know, a couple of them others. I mean, I knew, I knew Vincent Cross long before the whole IWA incident incident happened. Uh, but and, and there's there's a few of them that are great workers, but there was a few of them that, from what I seen, that you know, needed some more time and training before they got allowed into the ring. And, and you just can't run a show like that. I mean, I did go back for the last two shows, you know, just for Carter Cross, you know, have fun with him. And I did, I mean, it was fun working with him. It was just, just that, that locker room still was the same, but, you know, Carter wanted me to do it, and I, you know, I did it for him. He, you know, I did the favor for him, and then he returned the favor, and that was it. <laughs> we, it was done, but, but the DWA locker room was. Well, you run things up here, and you know, the respect everybody has for each other, and the respect you show, you know, your workers, and the respect they got for you is just. I wish it was there like that everywhere. Oh man, you know, I, I treat everybody like they're human, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm paying you to come work for me to come wrestle at my show. Well, hell you ain't no different to me. You know, you're a human being just like I am. I'm, you know, I'm the promoter, I'm the owner and, and I hate it. God, I hate it. And it just, you know, people come up to me like I'm the boss. Hell, I ain't nobody. I'm just an old country boy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's just the way I see it. Yeah, even though it is my ring, we're we're all in this together. We're we're here to to entertain. We're not here to kiss ass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's just I I feel like I feel like I have a completely different outlook on the whole wrestling bit than a lot of promoters do. I mean, I just yeah. It's 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 kind of strange. I, I don't well, know. <laughs> it's you know, just not me. Being or anything, but I think it's that country upbringing. You know, from one country boy to another. So, and I'm sure it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I'm not saying that that boys that grew up in the city are, are rude and, and crude, and but it's just that's the way I was raised. You know, you don't treat people any different than you are. They're no better than you, and they're no worse than you, no matter their, exactly. what their situation is. But, but yeah, it uh so um who are the current champions in uh T- TWA right now? <laughs> well, Van Lewis is the heavyweight champion, the longest reigning TWA heavyweight champion ever. <laughs> and Vincent Cross is our legacy title champion. 
And he likes to show that he's the longest reigning legacy title champion yeah. ever. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, he, he makes an announcement every, every opportunity he can get. Oh, yeah. Every couple of weeks, he's putting something, out, something on there about the legacy title. <laughs> um. I think I think he hopes this COVID goes on for years, <laughs> just so he yeah. can keep the title. Yeah. Yeah. Retire with it, I guess, or take it to the old folks' home. <laughs> hey, how did the uh, name Top Notch Wrestling? How did that How did that come about? Well, like I said, we we just kind of rebuilt everything from ground up from KBW, um, including the name, uh, top notch wrestling come, come about as, as, you know, I had it from the get go in my mind that, you know, I'm only going to wrestle guys that are, that are good, you know, uh, top notch, top notch wrestlers. Um, you know, it has nothing to do with, with me or, or us trying to shine and outshine people. It's just, it was just because of the route I wanted to take with the wrestlers. You know, I wanted, I wanted the best in the area to wrestle for me. And, and, and that's where the name come about top notch. Okay. And even uh, pre COVID, how difficult is it being a booker and a promoter? In today's environment, oh. you know, it's it, there's sometimes some shows it's just, it just, I ain't gonna lie, dude, it just right down sucks. And then some shows just run so smooth, you know. Uh, it, it never was hard to get people to, to, to want to wrestle. Uh, the hard part is to get them there on the day of the show. You know, there's, there's been many times, you know, you sit there 10 o'clock at morning, you get the, the morning of the show, you get a message that says, Hey man, I can't make it. My car's broke down or, or, Hey man, you know, I can't make it cause I got to go to work or man, that sucks. <laughs> cause then you're, you know, you've already got your whole show laid out of how you're going, you know, want the card to come out and this and that. And, and now all of a sudden, not only do you have to find someone to fill a spot, but you got to rework the card, you know, and that, uh, early, early in the, in the top notch wrestling, uh, we had a lot of problem with that. Uh, people, you know, last minute call and say, Hey man, I can't make it. I think I finally got it in their heads that, hey, if you're not going to be able to make it or if there's any inclination of you not being able to make it, at least let me know the day before. You know, um, unless it's an absolute 100% emergency, I don't see why there should there should be a big deal about you letting me know the night before. Right. That way, at least I have a little bit of time to figure out, hey, what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I've, I've had guys like no kidding message me a half hour before the show start, want to start and say, Hey, I can't oh, make geez. it. 
you know, and then you're like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, that's. Yeah, I'm not going to mention any names, but the one show in particular, and I'll never forget it. This guy, this wrestler, had been begging me, begging me to to you know bring him in, let it, let him wrestle, book him in a match for three or four months. I mean, we were in the middle of some storylines and stuff, and I just honestly, you know, I didn't really have room for him at the time, and I kept telling him, "Look, man, just wait till we finish this storyline up. Just wait till we finish this storyline up." Um. Well, you know, and, and he was coming to the shows and just sitting in the crowd and watching and so on and so forth. Well, I knew he was going to be there that day because he messaged me at earlier that day and asked, you know, said, hey, man, I'm going to come. Is that cool? I said, well, sure, you know. Well, it was one of the moments that, like, an hour before the show started, I got a message. You know, can't make it. Hey, I can't make it from a wrestler that I had booked. So I'm thinking, okay, so I got this other dude. I know he's here because he's done talk to me. Supposedly a seasoned vet, you know, been working for years. So I go out in the audience or go outside. I find out where he's at, you know, because this is before show. He's sitting outside smoking a cigarette. So I got there and talked to him. So, hey, man, you bring your gear? He said, yeah. I said, well, I had someone call off. I said, uh, you want to step in and, you know, Work this, work this show. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I thought everything was cool, right? So I go back inside. Well, about 15, 20 minutes later, here comes this guy and comes in there and he tells me, he says, he says, I don't think I can do it. I said, what? He says, I just, I, my nerves just got the best of me. I just, I just don't think I can do it. No. I like, dude. Are you kidding me right now? Jeez, Alume, that's I never heard something like that before. Yeah, that I mean this guy supposedly had been working for five or six years. Uh, you know, according to him, what he told me. Um I mean, I didn't know. I didn't check up on the guy. I, I did watch a couple of his videos that he worked and I mean he wasn't a bad worker. But I, I, dude, I mean, he was just—he was tore up. Look, Sean, I've never seen anybody so bad wow. in my life. I mean, yeah. But I ended up—I ended up figuring out what we went. I, I ended up putting one of my trainees in there that's that was really close to being trained, and we done a little quick spot with him, and and it worked out fine. But <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. It blew my mind, and then. The very next show, he wanted me to book him. <laughs> this the same dude, you know. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe, okay. <laughs> I mean, I can understand, you know, being nervous because you know, I, once you stop being nervous, it's time to hang it up. But to do something like that, where you're been in it that long and you're so nervous, you can't do it. Man, this guy, and I mean, the thing of it is, this guy's been tr been after me for months trying to get in. You know, and he finally gets his chance, and it's like he just blows it. Like, <laughs> just I don't know. It's just, it was weird. It was really a weird situation for me. I mean, uh, I'd never seen anything like it before. But hey, I, you know, I, I, you live and learn, I guess. And not saying a, and not saying anything bad about it, about this guy. I mean, uh, you know, he's a pretty cool guy. But 
it just kind of blew my mind that like, I don't know if it was just, he was so excited or overly excited that I finally gave him his chance that he let the nerves get the best of him or what. But I mean, we're just, like I said earlier, we're nobody. We're just a bunch of old country boys yeah. out there having fun. Wow. I mean, it's not like I'm Vince McMahon and it's a yeah. WWE. <laughs> oh, geez. So are you, <laughs> are you involved in the creative? Uh, if so, how much are you involved or do you just let the boys do their thing? Well, this is kind of how we, we, we've always done this and it always seems to work great. And, and what we do is, is I'll take a little bit of my idea and a little bit of his idea and a little bit of that idea and this idea and we put it all together and it all comes out good. You know, I've, I've got the final say in everything, you know, uh, pretty much I, I give them give them the run of what they want to do. Uh, titles, no. Uh, who goes over, no. Uh, unless it really doesn't matter. Then, you know, I've, I've, I've told them, so, you know, they asked me, well, who do you want to go over? I said, well, paper, rock, scissor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Right, yeah, I mean, that's, that's old school right there. But, uh, all right, the first TWA show, January 2019. How do you compare that? What was it? Well, let me ask you this. What was the atmosphere like that very first TWA show? Uh, excitement. Uh, not only between the fans, but the, the workers as well. Because um, our very first show, I brought everybody pretty much our regulars back from KBW and like they had a lot of those guys hadn't wrestled since KBW. Um, they were all excited, you know. Uh, I was excited. A lot, there was a lot of people nervous. I don't get nervous over anything. Never have. It's just something I've I've never done. I don't know why. I just I don't let stuff bother me like that. Uh, my wife. Oh my God, my wife was a nervous wreck. She was scared to death that nobody was going to show up and yeah, we were going to be in the hole. And <laughs> yeah, I, I told her, I said, it's just like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> but, it, but you know, I mean, we, for our very first show ever, we had a really, really good turnout. I think we ended up having selling like 70 or 80 tickets at show. Um, you know, there, there's only been a couple of shows since we've came with TWA that, that you know, has been low turnout. Uh, and when I say low turnout, I mean in the 60s. We've never been under the 60s. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, with uh, we keep we try to keep things fresh. Uh, you know, we, we try to alternate a lot of, of workers in and out just to keep things fresh. Um, you know, uh, with, with the exception of, you know, the guys that's holding the titles and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, we, we, we have our top guys and then we have, you know, the guys below them and then the guys below them that we alternate in and out. And, and 
You know, a lot of people don't understand that because they're used to working these promotions that you have, you have your certain click and that's it. And, and, you know, and you, they wonder why, you know, that I'm not booking them. Well, you know, I'm not booking you because, not because you, I don't think you any good in the ring. I'm not booking you because it's just not playing into the right time frame right now. Give me some time and, and I'll get you in there. I mean, that, that happened with you with your first yeah. match. Um, you know, you've been after me for a while to get you in there. And I kept telling you, didn't I kept telling you, hey, just give me some time, man. Give me some time. Yeah. I'll get you in there. <laughs> and I did. I do get in there. Not that I, you know, backed out like I once cat did, but oh my, it just, it just. Well, you know, and just like I said earlier, and, and that's all, not, you know, that's not entirely your fault. That's not entirely one person's fault in general. I mean, it's just sometimes things happen like that and things just don't click. I mean, I've seen it a million times and I don't hold that against nobody. I don't. Um, you know, hell I've had, you know, I've had bad matches when I wrestled many times. I never was a very good wrestler. I'm not going to lie, but you know, I mean, I never give it up and, and it just, and I, I know people's human and they're going to make mistakes and things happen and, and so on and so forth. It's to me, when it comes to stuff like that, it's more your attitude about it. Than it is. Yeah. I, mean, but, well, I still beat myself up about it because I've been wanting to go to TWA because you know this because I've seen what the atmosphere is like in the locker room and the shows that you put on. Right. Well, don't beat yourself up. I mean, like like I said, man, it's 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 not the fact that that you messed up, and that has nothing to do with it. It's just one of them time frame things again. You know what I mean? Uh, at the time you were coming in as a, a tag partner, we just really didn't have a tag yeah. division, you know. Um, that's just like IHOP, you know. I love him guys to death. Um, you know, for the, the uh, I brought him in a show, and then it was a, several shows before I brought yeah. him ever brought him back. And, you know, they they were questioning me about it, and and. And, and, you know, I told them the same thing. It's it's not so much, you know, that I don't like you guys. It's just that there's really nothing here right now in a tag division wise. You know, I mean, we didn't have tag. We still don't have tag belts yet. Um, you know, I mean, why, why would two tag teams be coming and fighting if they ain't got nothing to fight for? Right. Pretty much. I mean, that's just the way I see it. I mean, uh, maybe I'm wrong, you know, maybe I'm wrong thinking that way, but you know, it's, it's all a part of that, that whole story building thing, you know, um, you know, would you do that in real life part thing? You know, I mean, you, you want your show to be just as believable as, as you possibly can, and, you know, you got to thank yourself. Well, thank to yourself. Well, would this happen in real life? Would, would two teams actually be coming unless they're actually fighting over something, you know, some story or whatever, would they actually come and fight each other for no reason? Right. That's going to be my next question about the tag division. So, you know, you know, I have a tag team times. Where does the tag 
division stand right now with TWA? Um, although I don't think he's ever started on them, uh, actually, Vane Lewis, yeah, which you know, Vane, uh, he, he makes our titles. Um, I give him the go ahead to make our titles back when the co right before the COVID thing hit. Uh, we were going to introduce those titles. Uh, the COVID hit in March, I think our last show was March. Um, we were going to introduce those titles in May. Uh, and then the COVID thing hit and we just kind of veered away from wrestling altogether, uh, as far as, you know, the promotion goes and stuff. I mean, what was the use, you know, until, until we can figure out what's going on with the whole COVID deal and get back in with it, then, you know, there's really not much use to, put a whole lot of time and effort into it you know once they once we start figuring out hey we can run again or there's a chance we can run again then we'll pick right back up uh you know with that we're not going to pick up where we were at uh the titles remain the same on the same people but as far as storylines go and stuff we're probably just going to reboot everything and speaking of you know the titles twa has their unique own design and uh, where other companies on the independent circuit uses replica titles. So how did you uh, get your uh, unique championships? Uh, we just, you know, for one thing, I don't like, I don't like being the same. I don't, I don't like that at all. You know, uh, it's, whether it be the title clear down to to a, a match stipulations and things like that. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but some of our match stipulations that we've had in certain matches has had its own little twist to it. Um, you know, I, I don't like doing something that other people's already done. Uh, and that goes with the titles too. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to use a belt that, you know, is a replica of a WWE belt or, or an AEW belt or, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I just, me and Donald, we sit down and we talk about the designs and, you know, we kind of pick two or three different designs that we find on the internet that we kind of like, you know, and, and different little things. And we twerk it all in and, and draw it up and, and go with it with that. I mean, it's Donald's designed both of our belts, uh, Actually, the one, the legacy title belt was our uh, old belt from KVW, and he even revamped it. Um, you know, we cut some of the belt off and put it on a different strap and, and gave it a whole different look. It don't even look like the same title. Yeah, both, both titles are very, very gorgeous titles. I mean, it, I mean I've seen you, uh, the PWA was coming out with all the stuff, and then they posted the. DWA titles, like, wow, that's freaking beautiful. Yeah, Donald or, or Vane is, is, is a very, very, very talented individual, very artistic. Um, honestly, uh, he's one of the ones that got me started in this business. Um, it's kind of funny how, how it all began. And I don't know if you've ever heard the story or not, but, uh, me and my wife, we used to run a community center 
and uh you know we do little fundraiser events and things like that to to be able to hold events for the kids and stuff in the in the community and and we'd always go camping every year we used to go camping at this little campground just outside of town here on memorial day weekend it was kind of a tradition thing and a bunch of our friends would go with us and so on and uh me and and uh one of two or three of my friends three of my friends and and my boys actually we were just horsing around and wrestling around out in the yard there you know at the campsite and uh next thing i know i look up and there's like six or seven kids standing there watching us so i get in amongst them i said hey guys i said let's stop and we'll call for a rematch later and see how many people we can get down here so we did, you know, and we're talking trash back and forth, you know, we want to rematch and this and that, and these kids are just eating it up, man. And uh, so we set up a rematch for 7 o'clock that night. You know, so we told them kids, man, tell all your friends, you know, this and that. And just, dude, everybody in that campground was down there watching us that night, and we were just horse playing. So... Uh, after it was all over with me and me and my buddies was sitting around and we were talking about uh you know the community center and, and one of my buddies he had he'd been in a pro circuit before or independent circuit before and, and uh he t- he said man so why don't we just have an independent wrestling show at the community center and try to raise some money i had no clue whatsoever other than watching wrestling of how to to run a wrestling show i'm not gonna lie absolutely no clue whatsoever my wife worked works at walmart and uh she worked with a boy that actually a couple boys that used to be in the independent circuit and uh she'd talked to them well the one nick bowles mr preston um and the other is vitamin d dale gibbs which vitamin D is my wife's cousin. Uh, they hook Nick hooked me up with uh, Vane Lewis. You know, Vane called me or I called him. I can't remember which. You know, was talking about what to do, what what I needed to do, and this and that. And he said he'd start calling some of his buddies and see what we could get rolling. You know, and, and that was the beginning of a, a very very good friendship. He's one of my best friends. You know, uh, and he has helped me so much throughout the years, you know, with, with all this and, and it's just continued to grow since, um, you know, I, I give him, him and, and Mr. Preston 100% of the the credit of of all this. I really do. If it wasn't for them boys, this would have never happened. It's good to have friends like, you You know, I especially in this business, you know, a lot of time you get backstabbed, but like I said, uh, my new tag team partner, Joe Black, me and him came in together. He's one of my very best friends. You know, we're, we're pretty tight. JT Storm, he can't wrestle now, but I think he's going to try to be our manager. And, but yeah, it's good to have friends like that in this business. And to be close like that is rare. Anymore. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, Speaking of those boys, 
uh, I can't wait till we get started back. And hopefully he still wants to, but Brandon Morgan told me that he was coming yeah, back. I, would, I had Brandon Morgan on here last night and we talked about you. I said, well, just if you want to get back into it, he said he's been working out. He's in the best shape of his life. I'm like, get hold of Brad. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd like to have you. And I said, there's, you know, F1 piece. And you, know, you can talk to Connor. And, I mean, he was phenomenal when he was in the ring. I've seen pictures. Brandon, Brandon worked for me a couple times with KVW. Um, him and Vane Lewis are buddies. Actually, Vane's the one that introduced me to him. Uh, and phenomenal, yeah. great worker, great worker. Um, of course, at that time, he was having a lot of issues in life, and and uh, he stepped away from it for a while. And, and man, I was I was glad when he finally, you know. And every once in a while, we'd catch up with each other on Facebook or whatever throughout the years. And uh, I was finally glad to hear that hey, he was coming back. You know, he he decided he's going to want to wrestle again. I was, I was really yeah. glad to hear that. I always you know, liked Brandon. You know, mentioned about, you know, bringing him in, he, him being a single guy, and me and Joe being the tag team. And Yeah, I mean, I back when I, when I was a little bit younger, when I first met Brandon, we when he was a partier, we'd go out, you know, do our thing and party, drink and all that stuff. But, and then you get the priorities when you get kids and everything, which I think that, that helped him a lot. Fatherhood's changed him, and yes, I I totally agree. I think it did. I mean, I don't know Brandon all that well, and but I mean, we never really hung out or partied other than you know talking at KV, you know, to KVW shows and stuff, but and and a few times on Facebook. But I, I you know, I totally agree. I think you know becoming a father really helped him out. Um, and it, ha- and it does all of us. I mean, I was like that, too, before I become a dad. Yeah. I mean, before, well, my son, I had a son with me and Brandon party, but, you know, I didn't party that much as hard as Brandon did, but I did party with him. You know, I'm a proud dad. He's 23. My son's living in Oregon, you know, doing real well, getting married next year, and, you know, I'm doing well for himself. But, yeah, you know, Father just changes everything. Your priorities change. Oh, yeah, they definitely do. You know, I mean, it's uh, getting off the whole wrestling book. But when my my oldest son is actually my stepson, I've raised him since he was just a baby. Um, I look at him like he's my son, like he come from my loins, and he looks at me like I'm his dad. And I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but when I met my wife, I was an alcoholic and, you know, she put up with that for oh, three or four months probably. And finally one day she told me, Hey, it's either the alcohol or us. And, uh, if it hadn't been for that little boy, I ain't gonna lie, man. If it hadn't been for that little boy, I'd still be an alcoholic man, today. That's, that's way what my second, I mean, little girl dates biologically ain't mine, but she is, you know what I mean? I'm, her bio dad was never around, and you know, been there since she was two, and and, and she was backwards from, from guys, but for some reason, me and her just bonded, and she knows. You know, 
Hey, kids are great, man, and great grandkids are yeah. even better. I ain't gonna lie. That's right. That's right. And and you know, and you are. I mean, you've raised her. You are. You know, I still get you know privileges of being dad, and she's not. She's gonna be nine next couple weeks. She's not your typical nine-year-old in intelligence. She's like a teenager. <laughs> Most are nowadays, dude. All of her teachers throughout the year from kindergarten on up to third grade now. They said she's gifted, man. She goes, she don't care. You're my dad. You raised me. You're my dad. Don't care. Yes, yeah, I know where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, kids are great. My dad told me years ago, said, said, uh, if I known having grandkids was this fun, I just <laughs> skipped having you and your sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, now, from the first CWA show till your last one, what was the difference between the two that you got more established later on in the year? Um. Honestly, uh, Buckshot, we grew a lot, um, not only in numbers, uh, but we grew a lot and, and uh, had accomplished a lot that I wanted to accomplish my first year. Um, you know, we, uh, we went from borrowing uh, IWA's light system the first few shows to to um, running the video screen, uh, you know, having our own videos and building those and things. Um, we, uh, man, there's there's just so much that we've accomplished, uh, you know, as far as building a company, as uh, not only as a name, but as far as the production of the company, building it as well and, and learning so much that we didn't know before, you know, about marketing and, 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 uh, the promoting of things and, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like one of the marketing techniques that we've done with this last show that we had never done before was, uh, do a radio spot. Um, I honestly think that radio spot is the reason we pulled so many people in, uh, you know, I mean, we ran a radio spot for a couple of weeks before the show, and it paid off. It, it paid for itself. Uh, you know, it, it costs. It, I'm not gonna lie. You know, radio spots cost money, and, and we don't. I don't try to get sponsorships. We don't go out begging for sponsorships and money and things. And, and the, although it would be nice, but to, I mean, we're in a small area and. Nobody has any money to spare in this area. Uh, you know, small businesses, mom and pop shops, and and if it's not mom and pop shops, then it's big corporations, and they definitely don't sponsor right. anything. Uh, you know, there's no in betweens. Um, it's it's I've I've tried to get sponsorships, uh, but it's just you know everything that we do is is financed through through me and my wife and 
things aren't cheap, you know, uh, but I've all, we've also learned that in order to make money, you've got to spend money and it's, it's apparent it paid off, you know, that, that we got that radio spot and, and we, you know, I, I went from, from print, printing my own flyers out on a, on a Xerox machine to, uh, having those professionally done. Um, you know, we have nice 12 by 18 laminated posters made every month that we run. Uh, you know, people notice those more than just a printed out sheet on a piece of eight by 11 paper, you know, uh, is, it's crazy. The things that, that the little things that you never think of that, that just help you grow so much. And, and we have, we have grown tremendously. And I, you know, and you can ask my wife before this COVID stuff happened, uh, I'd be sitting at the house and I'd get a message on Facebook or, or a phone call or a text message and be some worker halfway across the country asking me if I, you know, if I had a place for them to wrestle. I mean, I've had guys from Texas, from, Louisiana from, I mean, you name it, Maine, you know, Wisconsin, uh, clear as far West as, uh, Arkansas, wanting to, you know, in Texas wanting to come wrestle for me. And here, you know, I'm thinking, well, how in the hell did you even hear about us? You know, cause I mean, we're just, we're just, I mean, you know, uh, I've said it before, you know, we're just this little old, small organization out in the middle of nowhere that apparently we're just That's doing true. it right. You know, and, and everybody's taking notice. I mean, that's why at your introduction, I think you're probably the best promoter in West Virginia, Ohio, not knocking everybody else, but just the way you, you, you do business is just sound. Well, you you know, and there, I see this so much, man. People try to run wrestling companies as a as a buddy thing, you know. Like, oh man, we're gonna have such a great time, you know. Yeah, we're gonna have a great time, but you have to run it as a business. And if you don't run it as a business, you're not going to succeed. You can't have multiple partners in a promotion. Uh, you know, it's got to boil down. And if you do, it's got to boil down to one person. Right. Regardless. You know, um, I was listening to a podcast one time, um, and they were talking about, uh, I can't remember the promotion, but, but Vince McMahon, they had several owners. And Vince McMahon said, you can't put every one of them in the same room and, and tell them you're going to order them a pizza and none of them would pick the same toppings. And, and it's, there's a lot of truth in that. There's nobody that's going to, you know, agree with the same thing. Nobody. And that's why you got to have that one person that's, you know, you can't have a team of people trying to run a, uh, uh, to be booking and do your booking and your stories and stuff. You can't have a team of people do that because they'll always contradict one another right. on something. That's we don't even have a booker. Like I said, I mean, we just kind of run with it. We, 
you know, we'll take a little bit of my idea and a little bit of his idea and their idea and so on and so forth. And, and we put it all together and, and come up with something really good. And, and it, it just, it just works. It clicks for us. Um, you know, you, you've got to run it as a business though. You can't, you can't say, you know, and I've seen it too many times, man. Oh man, I'd love to wrestle for you. Yeah. Well, sure, buddy. Come on in. Yeah. We'll teach you how to bump. <laughs> you know, and you've seen it too. I know you have. You you cannot do that. You cannot do that. You know, you can't. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of this now with some of these promotions that's that's been running for several months, and they they run these no fan shows. Yeah, like. You know WWE and AEW and guys do those guys can do it. You know why those guys can do it? Because they don't depend on those ticket sales to keep them afloat. They depend on the merchandise that sells to keep them afloat. And they have websites that sell. They sell thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars worth of merchandise every day. You know, uh, but you see these smaller independent promotions of trying to run these no fan shows. How are you doing? How how can you do it and not be going in a hole? I mean, I, I don't get it. Maybe they know something I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm not the best promoter in West Virginia and Ohio. Maybe maybe they are because they know what to do. Uh, but I just I just don't understand how how they're staying afloat and not losing their ass when there's nobody coming in there and buying tickets, nobody coming in there and buying concessions, nobody coming in there and buying merchandise. How are they staying afloat? Are these workers, you know, and, and I, I've had guys tell me that if I'd run, they'd, they'd work for free just to, you know, be able to wrestle. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not like that. I won't, I won't ask nobody to work for me for free. And guys know that about you. That's uh, why not only me, and I only work for you for the one show, but you know, just word of mouth. And I, seen your shows and you know everybody I mean that's why you got the respect you got it's because of stuff like that now you know now well with that being said like now my trainees that you know they're paying their dues they work for free <laughs> I ain't paying them bastards <laughs> nah they're good kids they really are they just you know but we've all done it we've all been there you know, um, and when I say good kids, I say it because they're a lot younger than me. They're not really kids. They're just <laughs> a lot younger than I am. Oh, brother, uh, I hear you on the episode. <laughs> but, you know, uh, they, I just, I don't know. You, you've got to run a company as a business. And I've seen it too many times that these people, they, they get a little bit of money. And they go by the ring and they think we're going to be a promoter. And then the next thing you know, the company's falling apart because they want to be a wrestler instead of a promoter. And they didn't want to run it as a business. They wanted to run it as a fun hobby. No. And you can't do that. You cannot. Now, how about the women's division in TWA, how's that shaping 
That's, yeah, of course, before COVID. <laughs> um, you know, that was shaping up really well. Uh, you know, we have uh, several women that, you know, that are bigger in, in independent wrestling that, that wrestle for us. Um, you know, I, I owe all that to to uh, Marty. Um, he he sets all that up. He, he takes care of everything as far as the booking and stuff goes on that, uh, booking them to come wrestle and things. You know, super great guy. I'm glad I yeah. met him. I don't know yeah. if you know Marty or not, but but yeah, he is. He's a super great guy in my opinion. Um, these girls is is spread the word out there, and and like there's there's all kinds of girls that want to come wrestle for us when we get started back. Uh, Marty is actually we're, we've talked about a belt uh, for the women's division, bringing a belt in for the women's division. Uh, that's kind of in the play uh, when when we get did you ever get to come back? Um, you know, uh, we have girls like uh, Miss Hana, uh, which has wrestled for WWE. Um, I think she's been on TNA a couple times, maybe. Uh, you know, Jesse Bell. Um, Shoot, I can't even think of half of them now, man. I, you know how my brain is. Um, shoot, that girl wrestled. What was her name that wrestled for that show out there? Cambridge, y'all done here last year. Yeah, I can't remember. What was her name? I can't remember her name. I'm bad with names, anyhow. <laughs> But her, I mean, there's there's several of them that, that want to come to TWA and wrestle. Um, the Bullet Girl, she you know she's been there a couple times. She you know they just love us. You know, just she can't wait to come back. Uh, you know, it's it's crazy how much the way have grown over a year's time. That yeah. and then all of a sudden we get shut down by COVID. Uh, it's like you're kicking the nuts, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, you know, because we talk about before COVID and stuff. I told my wife here a while back, he said, said, I think it was my wife I was talking to. I said, you know, you have, you have BC before Christ, ain't it after death, and then BC-19 <laughs> yeah. before COVID-19. <laughs> yeah. So what are the chances of Brad Litchfield maybe not taking the bump, but step back in the ring and maybe giving somebody, you know, jacking somebody's jaw or throwing a clothesline or two? Uh, very, very slim to none. I'm not going to lie, man. Um, I enjoy what I do. Uh, I probably enjoy it better than, than actually getting in the ring. Um, I, I still get in the ring every once in a while at the house with, with my grandson. And to, he is a very enthusiastic boy and wants to be a professional wrestler so bad. It's not even funny. He's only eight years old. He can bump. He can, you know, uh, he can do all, just about all the bumps. He, 
and if he stays with it, he's going to be a, a phenomenal wrestler one of these days. That's my daughter. You know, I mean, she when she does come to the show, she'll sometimes come out and let her get in the ring and play around, and she she can bump with the best of them. But she has, but she has no fear. Yeah, that's the way he is. We've been me and me and my youngest boy's been teaching him some chain wrestling. Uh, he's really, really getting into that now. Um, he's, like I said, if he sticks with it and, 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 and keeps going, I mean, he's, he's going to be a phenomenal wrestler by the time he gets old enough to actually wrestle. Uh, but as far as me during a show, getting in the ring and, and doing something like that, I don't see it in the future. Uh, not saying that I'm not, I just, I'd rather not, I'd rather let you guys get out there and shine. I mean, I have I have no reason to get out there. That's just that's just like when David Day attacked my youngest boy at that show. At first, he wanted to do me, and I said, "Nah, <laughs> find somebody <laughs> else." <laughs> so, um, but everything going yeah. on, and we know we got away. But what does the future hold for TWA and Brett Sheffield? Well, you know, man, if, if we ever get back to COVID, you know, we're gonna we're gonna pick her back up and just hold on tight and see where it takes us. I mean, that's you know, there's there really, I mean, there as far as a, a long term goal, uh, it'd be pretty awesome to get as big as you know some of these other bigger independent companies like Ring of Awesome or not Ring of Awesome, Ring of Honor, and and uh, some of those guys. I mean it. Will I ever see it happen? Perhaps. More than likely not. You know, I'm not saying yeah. that it won't, but I'm not saying that it can't. You know, uh, it just, you know, we just, uh, like, just like I said, it all boils down to, to the one thing. We're just a bunch of old country boys going out there and having a yes, good sir. time. You know, and if, if, if we get bigger, we get bigger. And if not, then, hey, I'm content, too. Yeah. Uh, as long as we continue to have I mean, a good time. Whatever you're doing, that's you get just the rest of your success. I mean, it, you know, I mean, you're, like, you, like you said, you're catching guys' attention from Texas and Wisconsin and Arkansas and all that. I mean, you're getting your name out there. I mean, it's a possibility. And like you said, if not, everybody at TWA, regardless – Whatever happens, you're all having a good time. I mean, I had a good time. Someone had a good time other than my head not being where it should be. But yeah, I mean, TWA is a great place to be. Well, and like I said, that's what it's all about. That's what it should be about. It shouldn't be about, you know, making how much money you can make at a show. It shouldn't be about. Am I going to go out there and, and shine, outshine everybody? You know, it should be about you having a good time. It, it should be about the fans, most of all, having a good time. You know, and if, like, like I said, I mean, if you're not having fun at doing it, then why even bother? There's, there's no need in it. And I've, I've seen a lot of that in, in wrestlers too that just act like they don't even want to yeah. be there. Well, if you don't want to be there, then why'd you call me to get booked? So, and you talked about it before about running it as a business, but any advice for anyone who wants 
to get into this business as a wrestler, manager, promoter. Don't. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> um, as a wrestler, as, or as a manager, or, or a, a booking agent, uh, anything, anything to do with wrestling, period. Uh, above all, always remember respect everybody. You know, don't, don't think that you're better than somebody because – you know, you can get in there and you can do a, a quadruple flip off the top rope. You know, who cares, man? Don't, you know, always, always remember that you're there for one reason. It's not for you to go out there and shine. It's to put on a show for them fans that, that paid their good heart or money to come and see you. You know, it's, it's not about you. It's about them. Yeah, you know, and I have a hard time with with sometimes you know telling some of these guys or trying to calm some of these guys down. They they think, well, you know, and I've seen it a hundred times. You know, people call me and want me to book them, and you ask them what their price is, and you say, well, look, man, you know, nobody knows you in this area. You're not going to put enough asses in the seat to even pay for yourself. Why would I pay you that? You know, it's just my philosophy of it. Right. Um, not saying that I'm not going to pay him. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I've, I've had guys that nobody knows in this area and, and they're not a name or anything. And, and they say, well, you know, I need $200. Well, tell me why you need $200 because I don't even know who you are. You're the one that called me. You know, I, I just, well, I have a following. Well, yeah, you might have a following from where you're from, but you don't have a following up here. Nobody knows who you are. You know, you can't you always be respectful. Don't don't always don't think that that I, I guess what I'm trying to say is don't have that ego. Yeah. Don't have that ego that, hey, I'm that fucking good because you're not. You're always replaceable. There's yeah, always someone to take your place. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of that in this in, industry. There really is, man. And you know, there's it's it's just like Gal Castle one time, and and not not saying anything bad about him or anything, but but he come to me one time, and and I'm not gonna mention any names on the names, but he told me he could get me this name for two hundred bucks. I used to be named back in the eighties, early nineties. Uh, I said, dude, that's awesome. I said, but I'm not going to hire him. I'm not going to book him. Well, why not? You know, he'd, he'd draw. I said, let me, so let me tell you something. I said, uh, the age group that we have coming to our shows is in their twenties to thirties for the majority of them. I said, nobody's going to know who that dude is. So why would I pay him that much to come to our show? Oh, yeah, they would. Yeah, they would. I said, let me tell you something. I said, so my son's watched wrestling since he was a baby. I said, he's back here in his room. Let me holler at him. And I said, I'm going to bring him in here. And you, I'm going to give him your phone. And you ask him if he knows this guy. So I hollered for my son. And he come in there and I gave him a phone. And I said, here. I said, I said, our gal castle wants to ask you a question. So I handed him the phone. And 
and uh i didn't i didn't tell my son anything any different you know and uh i heard finally i heard <laughs> my son tanner say who the hell's that and i rushed up and got the phone yeah i said see what i'm saying <laughs> yeah okay from your perspective what is the difference between the business now in this age compared from when you first started doing your thing oh either from a business standpoint or from a wrestler standpoint. I'll give you, I can only really give you from a business standpoint because, um, you know, like I said, I didn't wrestle that long and I didn't, the only person I ever wrestled for was myself, actually. Uh, probably, uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot of difference. Uh, I mean, you, you got to think there it really isn't that much of a time period. I didn't start until 2013. Um, you know, with, with running KVW, uh, I'll tell you what I'd like to see different. I'd like to see a lot more of, of other promotions working together uh, instead of trying to stab each other in the back. Um, and that just, my God, man, that, that is everywhere. You know, and that's and honestly, I mean, I've I've had people, you know, talk to me about cross promoting with this one and cross promoting with that one, and I, I just really don't want to, you know, uh, and and it's not because I don't like them, it's just because I don't want that drama. You know, I don't I don't want that. I don't want this done this to me and fuck him. I don't want that. Right. It's not like the territory. No, the territory days are territory days are, are gone. They've been gone for years, you know. But you still got these promotions out there that think, "Hey, this is you know, this is my territory. Stay away. Don't even come close." And it don't work that yeah. way. And you think if they're seeing how that worked as well as it did back then, that some of these indie promotions would actually do that? How much better each promotion would be, you know, fan wise financially? Uh, uh, yeah, you said you, one of your favorites was NWA, which was mine as well. Yes. Look at NWA for an exact prime example of that. You know, NWA was all over. Yeah. And they all worked together. Yep. Wrestling was that's why wrestling was much better. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt about it. You know, man, it's just. But now it's it's you know don't even come close to my town. Yeah. Hell, if you want to come run my town, come run my town. Just don't run on the same night I run. I don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the way I feel about it. Yeah. 
it's not my town. It's it's the people's town. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, how would somebody find PWA social media or anywhere? How would they be able to find anything on Top Notch Um, we have a a Facebook page, uh, Top Notch Wrestling Alliance. And we have a Twitter, or not a Twitter account, but a, a Instagram account. Although we haven't posted anything on it for a very long time because of this COVID stuff, uh, we just don't have the the stuff to post on. Um, Top Notch Wrestling Alliance does have a little bit of stuff that we've posted, some birthdays of of our wrestlers and things like that. We try to keep on top of, but uh, as far as you know, storylines and things like that. It's just pretty much dead right now. Uh, but if you do want to contact us or whatever, you can contact me through that. Um, I am the admin of, of that page. And if, if you want to message or anything, just you know, feel free to uh, Top Notch Wrestling Alliance on Facebook um, or Instagram, either one. Uh that's that's about the only social media we do. Uh, I did have a website for a while, but nobody was going on it, so I just kind of canceled it. Wasn't no need paying that money every month if, if nobody was using it, in my opinion. Well, hopefully everything, well, since the election is over, hopefully everything will start getting better for everybody, not only for the wrestling industry, but for everybody in general. You know, open everything back uh, up. And, I mean, I'm, I don't, I, you know, I don't talk politics or anything like that to people. We all have our own little thing of what we do and, and so on and so forth. And, and, you know, I, I hope that because the election over it, it is over, or well, is going to be over within the next week or so. Apparently, uh, you know that the COVID, the whole COVID thing, will will die down a little bit. Not saying that there isn't a COVID. Uh, you know, I do have people, even family members, that's had it. Um, yeah, I mean it, it, it's real. I just think a lot of it's got blown out of proportion and used as a political tool, maybe a political weapon, but. That's just me. Right. I know it's Chris Hex had it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, I remember him calling me and telling me. As a matter of fact, I talked to Chris just a little bit ago, right before I got on here. Um, you know, my wife, actually, one of my wife's, I think it's her cousin's husband, had it, and and he passed away from it. Uh, yeah, and one thing people need to understand, I mean, it's not going to go away. No. I mean, it's here. It's going to be like the flu, the common cold. Right, you know? right. Yeah, it's here. We just, we got to be cautious about it and stuff. And that's why, I, that, that's that's one of the big reasons why, you know, I'm not running. And, you know, and some of these other promotions are, is because I don't want to have that on my shoulders. You know, if, if I run a show and, and someone comes in there and, and don't know they have COVID, but spreads it to half a dozen people, I don't want that on my back. Right. Knowing that I was the cause of it. Right. 
Well, brother, it was a pleasure talking to you. It's been a while since I talked to you. And I think this is the longest show I've ever had so far. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it was good talking That's to one you. thing about it. I'm a talker, brother. <laughs> yeah. And you get two old country boys like us, and we get to talk about wrestling. I mean, it's. Well, not only wrestling, but life in general. I mean, we, right. you know, we, we yeah, veered we, off a couple of times, but I yeah. really. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, you know, things will get back to normal. You can get up to running and I can come out and check a few shows and be nice to see you and the boys again. And... Well, buddy, you're always welcome there. You know that. And, and... Yes, sir. Well, whenever you get up running, you can definitely expect to show up and check the show out and. Uh, like I said, hopefully we can get back, you know, some normalcy. And I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever be back to normal. Yeah, I mean that, that new phrase, the, the new normal. Hopefully it does without you know have to wear a damn mask or. Yeah, that's I I, I you know I know I know I'm probably going to piss a lot of people off with this, but I don't wear a mask. Um, I wasn't. I was kind of like the lion going to Walmart amongst the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I do got. I guess yeah. I do got COPD. I mean, I ain't got it as bad as some of these other people do. But my girlfriend, being the health person she is, and you know, she right. you know, shows her concerns, and I respected that. You know, so now I go in with the mask at the Walmart and, you know, but. Which I don't, I hardly ever go anywhere anyhow. My wife, she works at Walmart and if we need anything, she picks it up when she comes home from work. I mean, that's just. Right. Okay, brother. Well, you take care and hopefully I'll see you soon and stay in touch and talk wrestling or whatever. And. Sure thing, man. Anytime. Like I say, you're more than welcome to hang out with me or call me or whatever you want to do. All right, brother. Well, thanks for being on here and taking a, a, an hour and a half of your time, almost two hours of your time, and being on here. I appreciate it. Um, uh, you stay safe. You know, take care and your family take care and for uh, Brett Lutchfield on the American Redneck Buckshot Jones, thanks.